Hey everyone, I'm Alexa Reeves, and I will be your witch and host for today's episode of Boxed Wine and Witchcraft. For today's episode, I'll be sipping a mulled wine while we talk about the pagan holiday of Yule. We're going to go over some of the history, the lore, and some of the more common traditions and fun activities you and your family or coven uh, can do this holiday season. I'd like to remind everyone that your spirituality and religion is as unique as your fingerprint. What we say here is by no means the definitive rule on any topic, merely a jumping off point for you to begin your exploration into the amazing and complex world around you. So, with air that inspires us, earth that grounds us, fire that enlightens us, and water that moves us, let's get festive! So what, what is Yule? Another pagan holiday has come, the wheel of the year has turned, we arrive at Yule. In the pagan calendar, Yule is synonymous with the winter solstice, which takes place around the 21st of December, give or take for us Northern Hemisphere witches. This is the halfway point through the cold winter months where we experience the most darkness in a single day, due to the fact that the North Pole is tilted as far away from the sun as it can possibly get, which, a little dramatic, sure. But from this day onward, though, more and more light is going to start seeping back into the daytime hours as spring kind of slowly makes its triumphant return to Earth with us. Yule, as a word, has its roots in the Nordic word Yol, spelled J-O-L, uh, which was used throughout the Northern European countries until the Christianization of not only that word took over, but also that holiday. Yol or Yol is another root word that we get for jolly, which is another synonym that we associate with a lot of the more the more Christian side of the holiday, but still some of that root word root association. Uh, since winter solstice, though, was seen as a holiday that celebrated the light returning to the world, when the Christian calendar was kind of reworked uh, to kind of aid the Christianization of most of the northern European countries. It was seen as a good parallel to have their God, you know, be entering into the world at the same time because he was cast as kind of a bringer of light. So they kind of lined those two holidays up with the Christian idea of Christmas and the birth of their God with the winter solstice and the returning of the light to the world. So we get that connection with that winter solstice and Yule being associated with the Christian holiday of Christmas. And we do see a lot of parallels between the, you know, winter solstice, Christmas time, and Yule time imagery. It all kind of overlaps, and it's it's all kind of bounded in on each other now. And you can kind of tease apart some of the bigger holiday moments. Uh, so let's think let's think examples for like the Yule log. It's one of my favorite things. So the Yule log, which now is also a very tasty treat for the middle of your dinner. But the Yule log actually began its origin as a whole tree. Uh, back in, you know, pagan Europe, this tree would be brought into houses. You would you'd go and you'd select a tree, you'd bring it inside, the whole thing. And you would start at the thickest end of it in your fireplace and slowly burn that entire tree over a period of 12 days. In that period of 12 days, it encouraged spring to return to the earth. Uh, a lot of the Druids believed that at the time of the solstice, the sun actually stood still. And it was with that burning for those 12 days that you, you kind of convinced spring to show back up a little bit more. 
which is why now we also have the 12 days of the Christian holiday of Christmas. The idea of light returning or light returning to the earth is a really common motif around the solstice times. A lot of the druids would harvest mistletoe that would grow on oak trees specifically. Mistletoe would be given as a gift to hang around your house. Since oak trees were considered sacred to the druids, any mistletoe that grew on the tree and bore fruit and leaves in the middle of winter was seen as a symbol of life, a symbol of defiance in the darker months. A lot of other tree-related imagery keeps popping up here because we, we move on with the idea of the evergreen tree. Evergreens were commonly used as decorations or altar items because evergreen trees are just that. They're forever green. It was seen as a sign of vibrant life amidst a really cold winter that these trees would stand tall and stay green and not lose their needles. A lot of times these pine boughs and these evergreen bows were woven into wreaths that symbolized the wheel of the year. And you would give these things as, as gifts, as signs of friendship. It was also believed that hanging evergreens around your household would keep any malevolent spirits at bay or out of your house because they would come to your house thinking it was dark and cold, but see those signs of life and light and not, not want to enter as much. Speaking of evergreens, we now get to talk about the origin of the actual Christmas tree that a lot of both pagan and non-pagan families still put up a tree. There are some ties to the tree being related to the Yule log and a whole tree being brought into your house. But the actual origin of the tree as it pertains to the modern holiday comes to us from a German origin, actually. Uh, I was doing some really deep dive research here and I found on um, thehistory.com that they had a great article where they talked about the fact that Germany is credited with the starting of a Christmas tree tradition as we now know it. In like the 16th century, you had devout Christians. They brought these decorated trees into their homes. These were probably remnant things that they had done and been doing in those families related to the idea of the Yule log. But as the Christianization of Europe took over, the habits and the ideas of it still endured. So some of these families would build Christmas pyramids and decorate them with evergreen bows and candles. Um, it was a widely held belief that Martin Luther, who was our lovely Protestant, first added lighted candles to a tree. He's kind of given credit for that. Uh, walking towards his home one evening in winter, composing a sermon in his head as he is wont to do, it said that he was awed by the brilliant stars twinkling amidst the evergreens, and to recapture the scene for his family, he erected a tree in the main room of his house and wove its branches to hold candles in them. Now, aside from this being an extremely massive fire hazard, and I do not encourage anyone to leave open flame alone in your house, regardless of the holiday, we can also see some of those uh, parallels between the lighted tree and the decorated tree with baubles and trinkets and, and gifts that would entice the idea of light to come back. And we're not here to talk about Christmas. We're here to talk about Yule and the solstice. And a lot of that imagery that we see in the modern Christianized holiday of Christmas, we can still utilize into Yule and winter solstice because that's where a lot of that imagery came from. That's where it still has its roots for us.
So since this time of year is marked by the darkest portion of the year, where there is the least amount of sunlight in a given day, this is an excellent holiday for you to kind of renew some hope for yourself. We all know that doubt kills a spell. That's usually one of the first things we learn with spell work. And if doubt kills a spell, that internal doubt that you could be having around this time could very well affect some of the plans you've already put in place. If we think about the things that we would have planted or buried and planned on during Samhain, which was our new year, it would be about this time of year you could easily start to lose hope that everything ever coming to fruition is not going to happen with all this cold and gray energy everywhere. So the solstice is a time to chase away your own doubts um, and think about what's coming in spring. You know, lighting candles, baking a lot of indulgent treats and things that are more peppy and vibrant. Having big dinners with family and coven, inviting them over for games and stories. It's an excellent way to kind of add some of that warmth and hope back into your life, into your hearth and your, you know, family area. Kind of as a as a triumphant snubbing your nose to the cold winter out there. Like, yes, it may be cold and barren out there, but here, here we have light and warmth and love, and we can still grow a lot of that cultivation and channel that into any of the plans we would have made during Samhain. This holiday is meant to celebrate that the sun is going to return, that greenery and life is going to come back to the cold ground. We have to be patient, though. It's a holiday that honors the space between what has been and what is not yet to come. We know spring is coming, but we're just not there yet. You have to be aware and patient of that space. The solstice is also an amazing time to do some cleaning of your space. Stir up, chase out the stagnant air and energy. Uh, smoke is always a great way to cleanse. And if you can't cleanse a space with smoke, uh, the solstice is an awesome opportunity to use bells or other music makers to kind of clean the energy out of the space and shake it up a little bit if you don't like the idea of opening a window and inviting the cold air in to kind of flush out the stagnant. Working with the ideas of combining light and dark into food, into your rituals is great. Baking uh, a loaf of bread, choosing you know a twisted braid bread of some kind, and baking it with wheat or buckwheat flour. Using dark and white chocolates in desserts, lighting both white candles and black candles at the same time. It's, it's you kind of evoking the idea that winter's darkness is here, but it is not a permanent fixture. So play with that in your own practice and, and kind of see where that takes you in the spirit of, yes, we are in the darkest part of the year, but the least amount of sunlight available, but we're almost through it. We are halfway through and from here on out, the sun gets closer. We will get warmer. The ground will finally start to thaw. And there's there's a good bit of hope in that. So allow yourself to have that hope. Allow yourself to kind of indulge in that a little bit, especially since the winter months are always really, really heavy for a lot of people, especially with any sort of depression or anxiety, mental health issues. Um, I know that seasonal affective disorder is a horrid thing that runs rampant. So take care of yourself this Yule season. Give yourself some TLC, some warmth whatever little indulgence you need to feel so that you can still have hope that spring is coming. All right, my little heathens, stay warm this Yule, eat lots of yummy, yummy food and drink and spiced wine, and celebrate the fact that the wheel of the year is turning once more, and we can look forward to more and more daylight as the sunshine is coming our way. Blessed be, you guys take care of yourself, and I will see you all in the next one. Thank you.